0: America is an amazing country filled with wonderful people who do incredible things. But too often the media and liberal politicians ignore big parts of our nation and the people who make it work. So I'm speaking with leaders and policymakers who deal with real problems every day. I'm Ronna McDaniel and this is Real America. Today I'm gonna be speaking with CPAC Chairman, Matt Schlapp. We're gonna cover everything from election integrity to the Republican agenda for the 2022 midterms, the dangers of cancel culture, and the upcoming CPAC conference in Florida. Matt, welcome to my podcast, Real America. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you for joining me.
1: I'm happy to be here. I'm just worried, are all these people Republicans around us? They are all Republicans. Okay, you're sure? we, we're in
0: a cone of Republicanism. <laughs> okay, you're right. very, very safe. We're good, bubble-wrapped. Good, There's good, no good. cancel culture here. It's a Republican safe space, right? <laughs> this is I
1: like, I need I like that. You're we,
0: we need a few safe spaces. I, I, I've known you for a while, but I do want to introduce you a little bit sure. because um, I don't think a lot of people know you're from Kansas. That's right. So... Tell me how you end up in K- from Kansas to D.C. and talk about culture shock.
1: Well, it's kind of the typical D.C. story, right, yeah. which is it's the nation's capital. And if you love politics, you end up in D.C. So I always loved politics even when I was on the college campus and in high school. And I guess I was a geek that way. And uh, I uh, helped run a congressional race in 1994, okay. which was one of those huge wave elections Yep. beat a current sitting chairman. We didn't spend a lot of money, and uh, and I ended up out here. And uh, I didn't know if I would stay for six months or whatever, and it's been now a really long time. It's stuck on you. And I'm still here. And
0: you are married to the wonderful Mercedes Schlapp, <laughs> right. yeah. and you have five girls, is that's that right? right. Five yeah. girls. Yeah, so right. Mercy
1: and I uh, both have a similar story. She came out, she worked for Lincoln Diaz Ball art, and uh, then uh, we both worked on the 2000 presidential campaign. She worked here at the RNC. Okay. Um, I was on the campaign in Austin, and uh, then we both ended up at the White House, and uh, it all it's a happy ending.
0: Well, I think you and Mercedes and I have a lot in common over the pandemic because you had a terrible governor in Virginia, and I had a terrible governor in Michigan.
1: You still have a terrible I governor. I
0: still have a terrible governor. You got to change – but um, talk about what that was like parenting through this pandemic with your girls and the effect that it had.
1: Well, a little bit of this um, is uh, chronicled in you know we were just talking about the book that I wrote, and a little of it's chronicled in that. It was a really hard time. You had the pandemic, but for um, for us, it was even worse because we had had all of this violence that happened across yeah. the country, right? That was on top of the pandemic. And then um uh if you were critical of the violence in the that occurred, you know, you were canceled immediately. Exactly. You weren't allowed, even if you weren't talking race. I mean, my criticism on the violence was about they shouldn't burn down churches. And, you know, what are what, what are we doing attacking cops? They're the ones who keep us safe. And cops make mistakes as all professions have people who make mistakes. The answer isn't to like, you know, isn't to like castigate all of them and to and de- attack on them. them. Yeah. Think about that. Defund cops. I mean, you'd have chaos. Well, now we fast forward and we have this chaos in our cities. And um, so I was very, for Mercy and I, we were just spiritually deep in our souls, just like totally at a loss. And on top of this, um, we saw the insanity of churches being closed and our schools being closed. And then our kids go to parochial school, they go to Catholic school. Even then it was hard for the religious leaders because they want to we're such good people. Like, oh, we want to follow the laws. Yep. And the governor or the mayor is saying you have to shut down your school. So I remember talking to one of our uh, priests, and I was just saying, you do not have to follow them. was like, no, you have to. Like, they're the government, and we're the church. And I'm like, no, no, no. Separation. Like, it's like we've forgotten our Separation history. Separation of church and we state. We don't know our history. Yep. We don't understand how the Constitution applies. And it was one of these moments where it was just, it got more and more and more stressful. And the one thing that we did is we turned off our televisions. Every single thing we saw on television was dry. Is crazy because you just had to for your mental this. health, you had right?
0: To. But I think what I I know that you and I relate to is we saw firsthand what was happening to these kids who were being kept out of school or um, virtual learning or the masks, and this wave started in Virginia for Yunkin. But I think the Democrats were really surprised by the parents. And and how vocal they were going to be, and I think I was surprised too. You weren't. You were surprised. Yeah,
1: I totally was surprised because I really people had said you know Glenn Youngkin is a great guy and Mercy and I had a chance to talk to him, but he's not like an intimate friend or anything. We don't know him well, and I I wanted him to win, but I thought well you know Virginia just really seems to be turning and it has turned in a lot of ways, but I think part of the uh, part of what happened is. Those parents who were speaking up weren't necessarily registered Republicans. They weren't necessarily no. conservatives. They're just parents. And to be called a domestic terrorist by your own government is just outrageous. And I think it just made people with common sense stand up. You know, I often say, you know, I run a conservative group, but I don't think I'm a conservative as much as I'm just an American who loves America. Like I think that's the demarcation now. Which is, do you love America? Do you think its history is a wonderful history? Not perfect, but wonderful. By the way, the Republican history is is wonderful. Exactly. And we, and we don't teach it anymore. And uh, and so if you if that's how you're motivated, uh, you can truly make a difference. They literally made the difference in Virginia, and I give I give Gunner Yunkin a lot of credit because a lot of Republicans would have said, "Ooh, these issues are hard. I mean, these are really yep. tough cultural he issues." He went right in. He grabbed them. He
0: drove. He drove right in. But yeah. I. It's so common sense. Of course, parents should have a say in their c- kids' education. Of course, we need to support our law enforcement, understanding that maybe changes need to be made, but we don't defund them. Right. Of course, we want our communities to be safe. That's right. So when you say conservative, I think conservative is standing for common sense, it, and more and I agree. more people are coming over to our party because of that. Because they're like, what? Democrats are supporting cashless bail and letting people out and right. calling parents domestic terrorists because. They want to have a say in their kids' education. So I'm jealous of you right now because you have Yonkin. We got to get rid of Whitmer. But I just thought of, as parents, I think a lot of parents really went through a lot during this pandemic through watching our kids So,
1: So we turn off the TV and something crazy started to happen. I'm a total TV-holic. Are are you? I've watched TV – Forever, I watch. I turn it off all like the time. Crazy, yeah. and so I just and my wife would wa- would read and watch news even more. She digest a l- lot of news, and so when we just stopped it. It was weird because it was so silent. Even with five kids, it was silent, and I thought, well, this is weird. And so I would start reading the paper, and yeah. then that would make me crazy. Everything made me crazy. The Wall Street Journal was making me crazy. Everything was wrong. And so I started doing the crossword puzzles. By the way, I hate to tell your listeners, but the crossword puzzles have gone woke too. There's a member of the squad in every crossword really? puzzle. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Oh, but, no. But at least – that gave me some Are you doing Wordle? No, did you do Wordle?
0: Okay, because it got that bought seems, by the New York Times. No,
1: it just seems so digital and I'm just mad at everyone. Okay. But anyway, so uh, what I then we started reading and the kids are learning how to read. We have young kids. They would start, we just say, we'll read aloud. And it was like, oh my God, we're like the little house on the prairie family. Like we're reading from hung, the Bible. We're right? reading from a book. And now it's just like what we do. And then the kids started learning how to play the guitar and then they would sing and they're very musical. So it was like, it was like this total alternate. Uh, so are reality you like the Von story. Trapp
0: family. or guys a little bit
1: the Von Schlapps. There's a little, yeah. The are, Von Schlapps. They are playing the guitars, <laughs> the ukulele, the piano.
0: I love it. It's you, gotta whole, have to, you gotta You gotta start a like a channel, like an Instagram channel. You didn't just start reading books. You wrote a book called The Desecrators. Yeah. Tell me about. Give us a like a your pitch on that book. If somebody's gonna read it, what would you say? I, this is what it's about.
1: Okay. Well, I would say that the the it's not just cancel culture. Yeah. it's not just the fact that we can get lose our jobs or lose a position or be shut down on social media um we came up with this term my co-author Deal Hudson and myself uh, the desecrators because we think there's a spiritual component to this there's why are they hitting everything
0: mm-hmm. that
1: makes us happy and that is transcendent and that uh uh you know brings uh civilization to the world I mean think about the coordinated attack on people of faith on gender on the whole concept of uh, what we're teaching our kids in school, what kind of crap they've loaded into these libraries um, that they're Polluting the minds of five-year-olds to believe that their parents are bad people because they're white, or they're straight, or they're people of faith, or whatever, or that their dad is a bad person because he's a cop, or you know, th- this is not just a political disagreement anymore. It's one thing if we had a political political disagreement. When I was a younger man, uh, I was born in 1967. I'm 54. A younger man, I would watch things like Crossfire, and I would watch exactly. these Exactly right. Remember those Glocken shows? Yeah. And firing line
0: and there's a civilized disagreement you would have
1: someone from the left and someone from the right and they were liberals they were open-minded the conservatives were open-minded they could listen to each other without fighting when the liberals morphed into being leftists and Marxists and they were no longer this idea of we just have a different and more modern approach to things but that we have this ideology that you are bad and you are racist and you are uh, – you know, you're, you're pushing this hege- hegemony from the Western civilization and all this – all these ideas they have in their head, we somehow became so terrible – and toxic that we they had to silence us and shut us down. That is a very scary thing. A democratic party that's embraced Marxism destroys bipartisanship. You're not going to come up with a bipartisan solution with a communist. You're not going to be able to find harmony uh, in your neighborhood with a communist because they want to take apart this country.
0: Well, it's anti-freedom. Right. And it's anti-everything our country stands for. And the thing is, Matt, and I know this, if it were happening to the other side, you and I would think it was wrong That way too. We
1: used to say, "Ronna, we used to say, I disagree with what you say, but I'll defend to to the death your right to say it."
0: So we're going to go into this a little bit more because you were you worked for the White House, you worked for Bush, you were the political director. And now you're the head of the ACU, the American Conservative Union. Talk about that a little bit, what that group does, that role. And then we're going to talk about CPAC because this is really a preview of a really big week ahead.
1: So, you know, CPAC has been around forever. Um, We were established. uh, The American Conservative Union was established right after Barry Goldwater lost. So literally 1964, before we were born, the ACU was uh, uh, formed by William F. Buckley and others to be the political arm. He had the intellectual arm through National Review and these other mm-hmm. entities to try to convince people to be conservatives, and the ACU was the political arm. So he's a very practical guy. He was an intellectual, public intellectual, but he was also very practical. And uh, we've been around a long time, and I was elected chairman seven, eight years ago, and um, you know, it's been a wild ride. I, I when I took over, we thought we'd have to shut it down. Okay. Uh, the previous chairman, who's now married to Anna Navarro, the life is political. Life is weird. Wow. But the I know wow I was. Wow, right. wow. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. So we uh, well, we've been able to get our se- we, We've been able to get our footing back, and um, we think we think we have to refound the country. We think America's in a very bad place, and um, we think we have to grow this coalition. I mean, your job at the RNC is one. Job, but I think we are like minded in the sense that we know there's a lot of independents, a lot of conservative Democrats, a lot of people that are in this coalition. So I now just call it that. This is a political coalition uh, of people that, you know, most of them are Republicans, not all of them. Some of them are libertarians, some of them don't. Some
0: of Did our independents. Yep. That's
1: right. But they all believe that cops keep us safe, that the military is what protects America, that parents are that first line of defense for kids and that first most important part of government.
0: Religious freedom. That's
1: right, religious freedom. Like all these things that are so unique in America, um, This there's a coalition of people that don't want to transform this country. Yeah. They want to go back to this idea that in America you can be many different things but you don't have to change America to be that, right? Exactly. So this whole idea that everything in America is racist is uh, is really insulting to anybody who loves America. And when you're a Republican, when you're a part of the party that was literally formed to, Ex- stop, to slavery stop slavery and That's to give the them civil foundation. rights, yeah. right? And we're told we're the racist party. We just can't allow that to stand.
0: Well, the other thing too is um, if what we're saying is so wrong, why are you afraid to hear it? But the and, and the thing that the Democrats do so well is instead of having a conversation based on the merits, let's have a conversation about the border, or remain in Mexico policy. Right. They just go to racist. Right. That is their punchline to prevent discussion. So they they name call to, to prevent the American people from actually hearing a true dialogue because I think most people, when they hear Republicans speak and we talk about the issues, they go, wait, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know um, – what the Remain in Mexico policy did that allowed people to seek asylum while they stayed in Mexico instead of them coming into our country and getting lost and not showing up for court dates. And that stopped drugs and other things from coming across our border. Really simple things that we can talk about, but Democrats just go, oops, racist, racist, racist. And I think what is so great about CPAC, which is huge, I mean, it's huge, is you're bringing these speakers and you're putting them in front of a huge forum, much bigger than the group that will be there to really talk about these ideas. So CPAC's in Florida. Why would you switch to Florida?
1: Because uh, I'm sorry. we, You know, I love all of our <laughs> Republicans, but our Republican governor of Maryland wasn't as strong as Glenn Young yes. has been, and he shut us down. And so we said, okay, are we just not going to have it? Yeah. and as you know, all of the big conventions were shut down. Everything, and so I know. Are you being the out of this. the RNC? I know. You had deal with, yeah, <laughs> but you tried very hard. Yeah, tried. You guys were trying to have it, not yeah. not have it, and you ended up having it. You just yeah. had it in the most unique way, weird way you ever could have it. And the uh, and I just said I just can't look myself in the mirror and say we couldn't do it. So that pushed us. It's funny. It's going back to COVID. Like, how did that change us? Well, it pushed us into a red state. And now I'm like, why are we? Why are we? Spending all this money in a blue state of Maryland to have CPAC, everyone has to fly here because there's not a ton of conservatives near the swamp, and uh, or as they say, Americans who love America. And so we went to Florida. Now we do a national one in Florida. We're going to do another national one in Dallas. Uh, The crowds are just as big. Everyone wants to speak. We don't have. I didn't know. Speakers would want to go. Now the speakers are like, oh, yeah. Everybody we'll wants go. to sign up. They don't even ask for us to pay for their tickets because they're like, no, we're happy to we're go. We're so
0: happy. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm happy to, to well, be we're speaking. we're happy, and thank you I'm for coming again. But um, tell me – give me a preview of what, what we should expect. Is there a theme for this? Yeah, pack?
1: I don't even know if it's public, but who cares? We'll okay. just go for it. It's called uh, – our theme is Awake, Not Woke. I love and that. And I had kept talking to donors and – and conservative leaders and activists around the country, and everyone kept saying, oh, these, people are waking up, people are waking up. And then Virginia was like, people are waking up. So I kept saying, there's a great America unwokening, which is a play off these great religious awakenings we had had yes. throughout our history. And I ke- kept thinking that that's what Virginia really was. It was like a political, almost like a secular awakening. Yes, that happened. It was. People just said, people like myself who weren't even believers that it could he could possibly win and win some seers, like we won everything, as you know, because yes. you were a big part of it. And to me, it gave everyone hope. I think a lot of people thought after 2020 and all the irregularities and voter IDs racist and you don't have to verify who you are and all these mailed in ballots, I think a lot of people just gave up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now they're not giving up. And I think now they're really waking up. And our view is, is this, which is The Democrats just went too far. They did. And they woke us up. They woke people up who had given up, and now they are on fire with this idea that you know they're proud to be an American. They love their kids and their grandkids. Um, they they turn the other way and let them take over all these institutions. We've watched it now: corporate boardrooms and professional sports were the last two frontiers. They're trying to take all those over yes, they as well. Absolutely, are and so we can't watch the Olympics. You can't watch the Super Bowl. Everything is politics. You know, you and I are both pretty political. I just think there's some things I don't want to talk about politics about.
0: But you're, you know what you're. Right. Right, though, in the sense that I think a lot of people do kind of sleepwalk through politics, right? And they think, oh, each part. There's not that big of a difference between the parties, right? And you're right; there has been a great awakening because people are saying. Wait, this is crazy yeah. that crime's being allowed to run rampant and police budgets are being cut. It's being normalized. And this is and this is crazy that drugs we're having a hundred thousand yeah. people die of fentanyl deaths, and we know it's coming through our border and we're doing nothing to stop it. This is crazy. So it is waking people up and going. This is nuts. I have to get involved. We saw it in Virginia. So who are some of the great speakers that you're going to have that you're really excited? And then I want to talk about one in particular that that lost his his yeah, job first. because of it. But let's talk about some of the other. I
1: mean, you're going to have all the people people see on television who they love yeah. there. and. You know,
0: DeSantis. Like Governor Trump.
1: DeSantis will be there. President Trump will be there. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. will be there. Um, you know, Josh Hawley will be there. Marco Rubio will be there. Uh, other great governors like Governor Stitt of Oklahoma. Yep. And Governor Lee uh, is trying to get there. I don't know if his schedule is going to work out in the end. But it's like the governors you want, the senators you want, the congressmen you want, like Jim Jordan uh, and others will be there. Um, and, and then you're going to have – This other element, which is these heroes who have stepped up, yes, you know, like the Ian Pryors of the world that really have helped parents uh, find their voice. We're going to have parents who I wish I could tell you their names, but they're not famous, but they've done amazing things. They're going to tell stories, and they're going to be up there telling their story. And uh, and to to us, what the CPAC has become is it's always the first one's always January or February, and this is a really important election year. And although it's a C3, C4 event, uh, it really – the gun goes off on everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so we have a year. Yep. And what's going to happen by the end of that year? And I think it really kind of gets everybody in this mindset of uh, of what are the issues at stake. And so to me, that is what's going on in the country right now, this fight between woke and awake and I'm on the awake side, and I know. And you you're going to have some of the
0: victims of the woke side oh, yeah. there. So yeah. we talked about Michelle Tafoya, who yeah. just lost her job at ESPN for being conservative that's or right. just having an opinion that's different than the mainstream. That's How right. dare you think differently than us? The other one I wanted to talk about was NS Ent- Cantor. Mm-hmm. Many people don't know his story. Right, he became an American citizen, changed his last name to Freedom. Right. NBA player. And t- talk about what happened to him. I mean,
1: I don't really know what all of his politics are, quite honestly. No, yeah. We but invite, just on this issue. We invite a lot of people to speak, and uh, sometimes we agree on some things. Sometimes there's only one issue we agree yeah. on. We'll be throwing some curveballs on that. There'll be some more announcements, and people will be surprised that those people will speak at CPAC. But I don't know uh, Enos Freedom. I uh, was really happy, excuse me, when he expressed a desire to come, and uh, and then and then we announced it, and then I got criticism. People were saying, "How can you have this guy? This guy has this view. He has that view." And I'm like. So what?
0: But he's it's about this por- talk. portion of a story where he's saying he's calling out China That's right. for how they treat the Uyghurs.
1: That's right. And, and he's, he's saying, Muslim himself. He's Muslim himself, That's right. but he's in
0: the NBA and he's saying, how can the NBA allow China to have so much control over the NBA yeah. with how they treat Muslims in China? Yeah. That's a fair view.
1: Well, it's not just a fair view. It's also, it's, disgusting to me how much corporate america a lot of these companies i've personally worked with in the past how much they're just in the pocket of china you know what they accuse trump of is what they're guilty of and they just simply will not um allow any criticism of china and i really think this is a moment where uh, corporate america hates its customers and they hate some their employees their employees don't want to prop up the communist regime no. uh, whether it's in cuba or china or wherever and um and i also think that this propaganda that's going through all the professional sports it's very hard for any athlete to speak up it's actually very hard for anybody in a boardroom well, to speak Well he lost up. his contract. He lost we inv- we announced that he was coming and just literally 72 hours later Uh, He was released from his contract. I don't think those two things uh, are unseparated or are separated. I think it was, uh, uh, you know, it was done on purpose to silence him. And look, he's at the end of his career, which is maybe one of the reasons he's speaking up. Um, But this is happening over and over and over again. The sad thing about CPAC, you know, those having gone through your convention too, you could invite people, but you might destroy their lives. Simply by putting a foot there on the ground, they can have their whole lives destroyed because they had the gall to show up at an event like ours. Which
0: is, again, an enemy to freedom. Totally. If you are bullied or you feel, if I speak out, I can lose my livelihood, I can lose my job, right. I will be canceled, we are absolutely destroying the foundation of our country. That's right. Which is the greatness of our country, the diversity, the ability to have different opinions and come together. And right now, the Democrat Party, which is becoming so, so, so socialist, borderline communist, if you do not agree like us— we will destroy you. And that's really frightening. And I feel for this player, I don't think it has to do with any of his political views. I, I who, yeah. who knows if he's a Republican? Just the fact that he spoke out against China as an NBA player that's right. and was willing to discuss that and he loses his contract.
1: Well, and I also think it's been great. I'm not going to disclose the names. But as soon as we made it public, all these emissaries of the Turkish government were reaching out saying, well, we need equal time on the stage. I suppose he's been critical of the authoritarian regime in Turkey. And uh, part of me is like, well, this is good. We're getting under all the right people's skin. (laughs) You know, China gets upset. I know
0: you don't worry about that at all. I
1: I believe China sends spies every year to CPAC and we've – picked out the people we think they are. I mean, it's a who's who of people speaking. Like you said, you're going to be there. And all these people from the foreign policy establishment from the conservative side of it will be there too. And uh, it's become a, a, a global thing too, because we have CPACs in Korea, in Japan, in Brazil, in Australia. We're going to have one in Hungary. We're going to have one in Israel. We're going to announce a CPAC in Mexico. So, why is that happening? Is that because we have been so competent in running our organization? I wish I could say that. It's nothing to do with it. What it is is you just have freedom-loving people all around the globe who have realized that we have a lot in common. All of us who believe in individual freedom, like you said, religious freedom, like we have to stand together. And they realize if America is yep. lost in this battle, they're toast.
0: Well, and also what's so great about what CPAC does it is it allows people to come together and a lot of young young kids. A lot of young people. A lot of young college kids. And there's a strength in going, you know what, there's a kid in my college or there's a kid who oh, I didn't know down the street yeah. who thinks like I do, because it is kind of a treacherous time to be a Republican. Yeah, uh, I think that's changing. I do think that's changing a little bit right now. I so. I watch my son's friends who have lived wearing a mask for the past year, and they just think it's crazy. Yeah. And then they watch the Super Bowl, and they see every Hollywood All celebrity- and all of them without their masks and they think, here I am in school, yeah. there's one rule for them and and different for us. And they see it. So I do think it's changing. I hope we have yeah. that. You're a great political mind. And I know I've talked to you for advice before. You're just somebody who who gets That's it. That's kind. Thank you. What do you. But it's true. You're a strategist. Um, you're from Kansas. I think you still keep Kansas in you. I do. What do you see in this next election? If you were going to talk to somebody on the street, what would you say— Or, hey, say say you're talking to the RNC chair. Uh, (laughs) Pretend you're talking to her. What would you say, hey, these are the things I feel really good about and these are the things that I think we should worry about? Well,
1: you know, as I said, I came to this town uh, because Todd Teahart won that race in 1994 and it was a wave election. And he was a great member of Congress and served for, I think, 12 years or so. But the one advice I would give to Republicans – and I've talked to some prominent candidates in some of these primaries who I don't have a – you know, I have not have a dog in the fight necessarily. But I've said – Stop hitting each other. The one thing we learned under Obama, Obama was toxic to Republicans. Yep. And the Republican who did the best was the one who would show that he or she would fight Obama. And my advice to these Republican candidates is keep your eye on the ball. The eye on the ball is the socialist policies coming out of Washington. They will vote for you in a primary if they feel like you're ready for that fight. They're not going to vote for you because you hit the other guy totally. more effectively. It's really a dumb thing that I well, see Well, look happen.
0: at Youngkin. I think Youngkin's a good model. Yeah, you he's know, a good model. He talked about – Local issues, get yep. rid of the grocery tax, let's um, focus on parents and, and, and issues that really resonated. He kept it local. He didn't yeah. make it a national race as McAuliffe was bringing in, you know, everybody. Um, but I do think we have a lot of competitive primaries in our party.
1: And they're just bashing each other. And they're which, bashing each other. A little other. bit of that's fine. You got to show but that you can do But don't do it that. so
0: much. That's right. It just, that it's you just so much money. Especially if you're going against an incumbent Democrat that's where- right. They're going unscathed, and you come out so beaten and battered. No matter who wins the primary, that we can't lift your positives up enough, or I
1: think that's right.
0: Redefine. I I totally agree with that. But
1: I still think if you look at the Senate race, where a lot of these primaries are, uh, I'm I'm going to say things a lot of the people won't say. I I think we can win a lot of these races. I think people are saying, oh, it's too hard. It's an awfully hard state. I just think like states like Pennsylvania are going to skew our way three or four points. Now we got to make sure that they don't do the. Yeah. The, the finagling exactly. on the ballots Election. and they don't come up with something. So that's where I'm going to gonna switch to because all the
0: rest. we know that's a big issue. Big issue, We yeah. know, you and I talked about it yeah, before, Yeah, we talked Virginia. about it all
1: throughout it. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: where people are saying, oh, why do I vote? It's rigged or this is, my vote's not going to count. People have to vote.
1: They have to vote.
0: The only vote that, doesn't count is the one you don't cast. That's right. We need people to get out and vote. Yeah, And we're winning a lot of, you know, we've taken away the emergency powers of the governor right. in Pennsylvania, same with Michigan. Right. Um, we know the DOJ is suing Georgia and Texas for laws that actually ask people to show an ID to vote. That's what they're saying is racist, right. showing an ID to vote. Funny that they don't think it's racist to show an ID to go to a restaurant and a vaccine card, but Somehow to do it to vote is racist. So we we really need people to feel that that confidence that they have to go vote. And I think that's one of the concerns that's out there. Do you think that's still? Yeah, occurs? I think that's
1: valid. I would just say, look, if if you think America is uh, is in desperate need of defense, and the whole idea of our founding is in desperate need of defense. Then you have no choice but to get out there and vote. I would say that what for for people who think that their vote doesn't matter, I would just say the Virginia race shows that uh, you and the campaign and others were really uh, thinking through what they might do. And I think in 2020, the left and now boy, aren't we reading about Perkins Coie and Michael Myers a lot these days? Um, what a what a terrible organization. But th- what what ended up happening is is that. They, they were so terrible in 2020. Once again, it woke a lot of people up. And I think it woke a lot of Republicans up in their communities. And I would say not just vote. I would take it a step further. I would say if you have means or you're retired, um, go get a job. And help count the ballots. Exactly. Like there used to be a time when that was a bipartisan pursuit and somehow Republicans are off that grid too. Mm -hmm. And I think the left has done a very good job of getting in all those count rooms. And I think in the big cities that the Democratic Party, which is now socialist, dominates everything – we can go get those ten dollar yep. and twelve dollar an hour jobs. We can be there where all these things happen. And I think that would do a lot to uh, preventing some of the worst things that, that have happened. So go it's, get go go get that job. Go be a counter. Go be a it's counter. Not, not just an observer. Get the job. Not just a poll yeah. if you
0: can't be a poll watcher or That's if you right. can be a poll watcher, be that. But if you can be an election day worker. Get inside. Get inside. That's right. I totally agree. And have
1: your smartphone, and if you see things that are wrong, it's your obligation as a citizen to report that to the authorities. We got to get
0: that done. But I do think this is the time to mobilize. I'm just going to end. How about
1: one more thing? Register 10 people to vote. Yeah. Get your neighbors to vote. Get everyone in your family who loves America and loves cops and thinks that socialism is putrid. Get them to vote. Get them to register to vote. Like we we got out of that game. We got to get right back. Yeah. Don't just
0: take yourself. Go get your sister, your uncle, your nieces, go get everybody you can to That's go right. vote, and that, that way you can overwhelm it because a midterm election is usually lower voter turnout, right? That's right. So this is the type of election where if you bring 10 people, you can make a make difference. Make a big
1: difference, and when we do really well in November, and I think we will because I think people will vote – I think then we have to realize it's that much harder that next cycle.
0: Much harder. It's
1: so much harder. So then we really got it. We got to double down after that.
0: But they are trying to transform our country. This isn't just an election of, of somewhat differing yeah. ideas. This yeah. is this is a wide gulf, of a to- two totally different Americas. That's right. And we love this country. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for CPAC and what you do. I've watched it for years. If somebody can not attend, which I know everybody can't, yeah. how would you say they watch it? Like, well first what's the I best think way? you'd
1: say the same thing for the events that you put on around the country, which is everybody's allowed to come. I can't that's yeah. the number one thing people say, when am I gonna get invited? It's like no invitation necessary. You go yeah. on the website. You get a ticket, and we drive those tickets down in price every year. That's one of the things I'm doing as chairman. But if you can't, one of the changes we made is we stream everything. All of our events are streamed. Perfect. Uh, Everything is free. You know, It all gets out on Rumble and on our website at conservative.org. So all the content is free. And to us, the whole thing about this is if we can inspire more people in these communities to know that they actually can make a difference – um, I really do think we'll save the country. I keep saying I don't think God's done with America. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that America has a purpose on the globe. I, I've seen it when I've done my travels overseas and protested with these democracy leaders. We've got to get America back. Now, look, I don't want the, the I don't want the Democratic Party to do well, but I would actually think it'd be good for the country if they moved away from being these extremists. Oh, totally. Because I can't see anything I agree with them on anymore. Nothing. You know, we do a lot of work on criminal justice reform with some people on the left, but Joe Biden doesn't care about these no. issues. This this new Democratic Party doesn't care about solving the problems in inner cities and in uh, minority communities. As a matter of fact, everything they're advocating is making it worse for them. Think about it. if you defund cops, who are the ones getting killed and carjacked? Exactly, the people living in the cities. Exactly,
0: it's it, the people that that want you right. to be there. So I'm going to end with one one question, which is: We can't just be against Joe Biden and that's win this right. election. And I, I say this to every Republican leader that's on here. That's great. We know inflation's high. We know gas prices are high. We know all these terrible things are happening. But Reagan ran on hope, and he ran on a vision for a better tomorrow. So what would your pitch be? And I'm putting you totally on the spot, and I know you're totally good with it because I've been on the stump with you, but what would your optimistic hopeful message be for why republicans should take back the house in this uh,
1: you know Reagan was an old president I'd go even further back in history and I would I'd run on George Washington's hope this audacity that this monarchy yeah. Uh, the, the the great power of the globe that we could separate ourselves from them and then figure out a way to defend ourselves and then figure out a way to come up with a government that was unique. Yes, there had been other free forms of government, but not one quite like this. And then to try to uh, figure out a way for all these diverse people to figure out a way to to get along. I mean, that's kind of where we are again. We have to remember what our foundation yeah. is. And the one thing I would say is – to each person who's listening to this show is we are not busybodies. We are decent people. We are rule followers. We believe that everyone should kind of do what they want. But that's not going to cut it because we've taken a step back from politics because we don't really want to get in everyone's business. But because we took the step back, they took two steps forward, these radicals, which are a very small – portion of the population.
0: But they're very organized and and well funded. They want to
1: control us and they want to rip this country apart. If you love this country, this is the time to stand up. And the final thing, you know, I run a conservative group. If you look at the Pew numbers, at the Gallup numbers, the conservatives are the biggest percentage. It's a minority, but the biggest percentage in the country. But if you watch any television shows, they would make it seem like that is the slenderest of niche minorities there ever was. Why don't we just act like we have the numbers that we have. They're the small guys. Exactly. We're the big guys, and we're the ones who are too afraid to speak and to act.
0: Because they control, they control big tech, they and they control the media, That's right. and they find a way to make you think. And I, I say this to people all the time. CNN gets, what, less than a million viewers a day.
1: Our CPAC show gets more viewers than many of those CNN shows. Exactly. We track it.
0: Exactly. So stop thinking this is where yeah. everybody is. They're not It's not. not. There. It's not.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it, as you travel it, the country, an airport.
0: and guess what? It's the same million people every day. That's right. So we had what over 180 million people vote right. in the last election. That's not a huge group. So they seem like a loud voice, but our voice collectively much bigger is much bigger. And I can't think of a time.
1: Why are they trying to get rid of voter yeah, ID?
0: Exactly. Think about it.
1: They're trying to get rid of voter ID because if we all vote according to rules based voting there's more of us than them.
0: We win. And why are they trying to let non-citizens vote? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because they
1: couldn't win otherwise. Connect the dots.
0: Connect the dots. So I just think groups like what you do, thank you for being out there and being vocal and taking the hits because I know you take the hits. And I know it's hard on your family sometimes. And I think about your girls and you and Mercy being out there and being strong voices and being bold and fighting for our country. Just thank you for that. Well, and I'm nice. really excited. And we excited. feel the same way about you. I'm really excited for a great CPAC. So it's be fun. let's have a great week.
1: People are going to be pumped.
0: It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be thanks, awesome. Matt.
1: All right. Thank you. Thanks for the good work here.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on my show. Not having me. Thanks for having me at CPAC. And then thanks for coming <laughs> nice on my show. Here. All right. Take care. I'm Rhonda McDaniel, and this is what Republicans stand for. Join us next time on Real America.
1: Paid for by the Republican National Committee. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee www.gop.com.